إيمان ليفل 2 إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله وصفيه وخليله أدى الرسالة وبلغ الأمانة ونصح الأمة وجهد في الله حق جهاده وتركنا صلى الله عليه وسلم على المحجة البيضاء ليلها كنهارها لا يزيغ عنها إلا هالك ولا يتنكبها إلا ضال ثم أما بعد يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون Dear uh, brothers, this is lesson number three in Iman level two. Some of you have studied Iman level one. This uh, lessons of Iman is more explicit, more evidence, and more detailed. Uh, so, inshallah, for those of you who are attending this lesson for the first time, it might be uh, an advice for them to listen to also the first course of Iman, which there are the 13 tapes uh, before. We can go. This is a little bit detailing uh, subject. And uh, number two, I do apologize about the tape number two. It was actually right to the end, full of information. This is not the practice we usually uh, try to follow. We usually want to give 15 minutes of talk, and then uh, we release you from the pressure because minds don't work uh, very well after the uh, after 15 minutes. So, uh, inshallah, if I go more than 15 minutes then somebody uh, should tell me. Maximum we should have a listen, an hour's listen. Then after that we can put you some nasheed or some Quran uh, or any other uh, material which you could listen relaxed, inshallah. So if you sometimes will have to pause if you uh, somebody estimate that and to see in the end that we do not exceed more than an hour. Last time we finished in tape number two, uh, we've been talking about the uh, following the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and uh, uh, about after we finish uh, talk about the doubt and the difference between the doubt and the bad thoughts and then we start talking about the hidayah and uh, the hidayah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and uh, as the word hidayah comes you will see sometimes that some verses in the Quran which it might look it might it might look for those who do not uh, actually uh, think deeply that they are contradicting itself. Like when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, إِنَّكَ لَا تَهْدِي مَنْ أَحْبَبْتَ That you cannot give guidance to, do, to whom you want. In another verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, الْمُسْتَقِيمِ And indeed, you guide to a straight path. Now for people, they must think, okay, one ayah said you don't guide those whom you like, and the other, the other one saying that you guide to a straight path, so what does it mean? It means exactly what we have said the last time, that there is two levels of guidance. There is two levels of guidance, two levels of hidayah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The first hidayah, which is called hidayatul irshad, the guidance of showing the way, hidayatul irshad. Like, for example, you have a sign saying to you, Mecca, 50 kilometers. 
This is Hidayat Parishad. This is a kind of Hidayah which will, it is pointing towards the right direction. And then the second Hidayah, which is called Hidayatul Ma'una. Hidayatul Ma'una, which is the kind of guidance which gives you support. The guidance with support, the guidance guidance with help. I.e., the first guidance is Makkah, 50 kilometers away. The second guidance, when somebody takes you from your hand, if you, if you bother to take that road, if you care to take that road of guidance, if you insist, if you make your niya that, okay, I'm going to Makkah, for example, or I am going to London, then somebody, when you make that intention, when he sees you sincere in that, you'll tell you, okay, I'll give you a lift. So this is Hidayatul Ma'una. This is the guidance of support. And he will give you a cup of tea, and probably give you some money. And this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said about the believers. Those who accept our guidance, we give them more guidance. Simply, if they accept, that means if they accept the directions of guidance and the bother to take the road of guidance, they will find that we'll have, we will give them more guidance, we'll give them more light, we'll give them more. Uh, uh, love to the to, uh, and uh, motives to stick into that path and to that road. Now you understand there's two levels of guidance. And the more you will go, when you see guidance from Allah subhanahu wa taala, when you take the initiative to go through the ro- roads of guidance to Allah subhanahu wa taala, you will always find the second uh, uh, the second level of guidance ready to be given to you from Allah subhanahu wa taala. Like if you bother to 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 learn. You will find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you some more help. Some of your problems will finish, so you'll have more time for help. Uh, uh, you, will, you will find that you do like the thing. You will find that you understand things, that where your motives for learning will increase, and your, uh, your, uh, your, your desire for dunya and your desire for, uh, for, for other things will decrease, and your uh, suspicious uh, about uh, about things will, will be removed and the effect of the shaitan on you will be reduced. This is all going towards the uh, extra guidance because you have taken the initiative to go to the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, uh, is this understood with regard to the, to the guidance? That there's two levels of guidance and really the verses of the Quran, they do not contradict themselves in this matter. It's only that we do not understand it uh, in full, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling you, is telling you, you have to think when you read the Quran. The Quran is something different. The Quran, it's a book of guidance. And because it's a book of guidance, and because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is challenging everybody on earth, the, the, the jinn and the ants, the jinn and the human beings, he's challenging Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to get something like that Quran. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling you, he is challenging you, read, and you will not find any contradiction in the Quran at any time, for any matter. So when you read, you must read. And when you see something which you think it contradicts itself, then it means that your knowledge is limited with regard to that. And if you think deep, and if you cooperate, uh, 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 and if you try to, to get the verses from the ulama, and the verses from the tafsirs, and the... the the, the logic behind it, you will find that it is really uh, very clear, but you could not understand. Because of this, the ajr for thinking about the Quran is much more than the ajr about only reading the Quran. Yeah? 
And as we have explained that when Rasulullah sallallahu said in the Quran, وَقَالَ رَسُولُ يَا رَبِّ إِنَّ قَوْمِ تَخْذُوا هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ مَهْجُورًا That Allah, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa he will complain in the day of judgment that, O oh Allah, O oh my Lord, my people have left this Quran behind them. They have left it, they have abandoned the Quran. And we explain that abandoned, uh, abandoning the Quran, it has three levels. The first level of abandoning the Quran is not to read it. And the second level of abandoning the Quran is not to think about its science revelations and about, about its, uh, uh, its verses. And the third level of abandoning the Quran is not to follow it. So the most, uh, the most uh, serious uh, crime is not to read it. This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, فَمَنْ أَظْلَمُ مِمَّنْ فَأَعُوذُ بِنَا الشَّيْطَانَ رَجِيمِ بِسْمِ اللَّهِ الرَّحِيمِ فَمَنْ أَظْلَمُ مِمَّنْ وَمَنْ أَظْلَمُ مِمَّنْ ذُكِّرَ بِآيَاتِ رَبِّهِ فَأَعْرَضَ عَنْهَا وَنَسِيَ مَا قَدَّمَتْ يَدَاهِ And what, who, who has more wrongdoing than this who have been reminded with the verses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he turned away from it. So the Qur'an, you've been ordered to read the Qur'an. You've been ordered by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to read the Qur'an. And also you have been ordered to think about the ayat of the Qur'an, the verses of the Qur'an. So you can create a motive inside yourself, motive to do and a fear not to do uh, the things which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forbid you from doing. So it is very, very important to understand this, uh, these uh, three levels of leaving the Qur'an behind. Many people, they think because when they read the Qur'an, it's enough. No, you don't, it's not enough. You have to read and you have to think and you have to apply. And this three things, any one of these are, uh, uh, leaving any one of these, it's very, very dangerous. Especially if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala given, have given you uh, uh, some level. This is why you see it is very matching from the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu that you can understand now when Rasulullah sallallahu have been ascended to, 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 uh, to Laylat al-Mi'raj, when he has been ascended to heaven sallallahu alayhi wa he has seen a man with uh, lying down and somebody is getting a big stone and he smashed his head with that big stone and then as soon as his head uh, comes back again to normal he smashes it again and again and again then he asks what is this man then uh, Jibreel alayhi salam he told him he told him this is a man Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given him the revelation i.e. he memorized the Quran or some of the Quran he knew the revelation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then he was sleeping at night he was not praying using it at night and during the day he was not applying it so it is very important. So for those who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give them some knowledge about the Quran, uh, uh, for those who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give them some knowledge about Islam, if they don't apply this knowledge within themselves when they are alone uh, by praying, mentioning Allah, using these verses, keeping them uh, uh, in, in, in very good uh, uh, context in his mind that he, reveal, he, re- uh, he reads them all the time, avoid to forget them, and also within his uh, uh, within his uh, uh, activities in the daytime among his people, if he leaves that, then this will be his punishment, that he did not carry the message right. Yeah, Because carrying the uh, Allah's words, it has a burden in you, because simply it gives you double the edge, and that means you will have double the punishment. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised double the edge, he always promised double the punishment. This is why the wives of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi because they were promised double the ajr, they were promised double the punishment if they do any sin as you read in Surah An-Nur.
and also for uh, every alim or every person who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give him authority, he give him double the ajr, and if he goes astray, he give him double the punishment. The same for stand for the for the rulers, the same stands for the alims, the same stands for the uh, knowledgeable people, the same stands with anybody who have authority from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah give him forgiveness if he tries, Allah give him double the ajr, and Allah if he goes astray, if he use his evil desire, if he use his whim, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give him double the punishment. Right, then we move to the second, uh, uh, not the second, towards another, another uh, question with regard to Iman, that we want to know, right, after we define the uh, the uh, fundamentals of uh, what is the, the difference between a fundamental, uh, you know, uh, and and a condition, or what is the difference between a cornerstone uh, matter and a condition? We need now to use that knowledge to try to find out what is the fundamentals of iman, what is the 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 cornerstones of iman, so we can uh, apply it and we can avoid, uh, uh, you know, uh, we can avoid uh, actually. Uh, uh, leaving it out or we can avoid uh, doing any contradiction to these cornerstones of Iman because as you remember cornerstone of Iman or a cornerstone of a matter or a fundamental thing of a matter it is something within the matter it's a part of the matter and if it is not applied correctly the whole matter could finish the whole matter could collapse and because Iman is the most precious thing in Islam then we don't want our Iman to collapse or to be thrown back at us, right? And we have been told in the Quran that there's some special, some actions when you do it, it will, it will devalue your Iman completely. Some actions when you do it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have called it in the Quran, doesn't matter how much you have uh, uh, fought in the cause of Allah, doesn't matter how much you have suffered because of the religion, doesn't matter how much you have, you have paid from your money, doesn't matter how much you have endured uh, difficulties, but if you do certain matters, your iman is finished, is devalued, is denounced, is rejected. Such as, can anybody give me an example? Zina. No, zina cannot. Uh, zina is not adultery. Is not uh, a, a cornerstone of iman because it's a sin, but it doesn't okay. abolish your iman. Making a mockery of the religion, like Allah Subhanahu wa Taala said about the people in Surah At-Tawbah, the repentance. You make a mockery about religion, it abolishes everything. It contradicts directly with La ilaha illallah. You say La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah, and you make a mockery about, about, about Allah or about Rasulullah or about the religion of Allah. What does it mean? It means you, did, you were not sincere uh, when you entered Islam. Or, or if you have been sincere when you enter Islam, you have taken a decision to, uh, to, to, to knock down a building. Like somebody was writing in the exam, very nice, very neat, and then suddenly he got the bottle of ink, well, everything, finished. Somebody's going, is cooking, very nicely, very neat, look after the spice, then he put a nappy in the, in, the, in, the, in the thing. You have spoiled the whole thing. So one action could spoil the whole of your iman. Exactly. Like another example. Ya ayyuhaladina amanu, la tarfa'u aswatakum faqasawti nabi. ولا تجهروا له بالقول كجهر بعضكم لبعض أن تحبط أعمالكم وأنتم لا تشعرون. الله سبحانه وتعالى يُجْرِي بِلِيَّةٍ لِلْحَسَنَةِ وَالْحَسَنَةِ 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 وَالْحَسَن
on the uh, above the voice of Rasulullah and don't call him as you call each other and don't argue with him as you argue with each other so that your actions, your deeds, your good beliefs will, will be finished, will not be valued in Surah Al-Hujurat verse number 2 chapter the rooms yeah so this is an action, even if you raise your voice above the voice of Rasulullah Allah is threatened, your hijrah will be finished. You see how much is the ajr for hijrah? It could finish. How much is the ajr for jihad? It could finish. How much is the ajr for, for paying the sadaqah, doing the qiyam al-layl? It could finish. Because this is something of the fundamentalist, uh, of, uh, of respecting Rasulullah sallallahu it is something, it's a cornerstone of Iman and respecting Rasulullah it comes by respecting anything comes from Rasulullah sallallahu so you don't respect Rasulullah sallallahu and you raise your voice and this is the minimum what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expects from the believers minimum thing is, is, is not to raise your voice towards Rasulullah sallallahu and we have now people not only raising their voice against Rasulullah but also killing those who remind them of Rasulullah and also making a mockery about those who are trying to copy Rasulullah by wearing the same what he was wearing and saying the same what he was saying and looking, trying to look the same like Rasulullah this is obviously more than raising the voice of Rasulullah and not only that, dumping his whole Sharia in the dustbin and killing the people who are telling this is haram so obviously this is like when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said about your parents وَلَا تَقُلْ لَهُمَا أُفٍ وَلَا تَنَرْهُمَا and don't even say to them Uf, which is a word of, uh, of, of being annoyed and don't talk to them badly so obviously Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving you the minimum uh, uh, the minimum boundary for your relation between you and, you, and, you, and your parents uh, if, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not accept you to say a word of disrespect to your parents he will not accept from you to kill them. He will not accept from you to, to, uh, to swear at them directly. He will not accept from you to, uh, to, uh, to punish them, annoy them, starve them. Starve them. He cannot because he gave you the minimum. Yes? So this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also is given this as a, a cornerstone. This is one example for a cornerstone. So if Allah does not accept you Muslim, even if you are a Sahabi, to raise your voice, uh, in the presence of Rasulullah then he will not accept and obviously by the means and by the nature of the sentence he does not accept anything higher than that like taking a mockery like uh, dumping his sharia وسلم, like making uh, uh, killing his followers this is a disrespect this is a big disrespect and this is why the hadith of Rasulullah says that to swear at a Muslim is a fisk is a fisk and to, and to kill him is kuf to swear at a Muslim is a fisk and to kill him is kuf subhanallah but we know as those of you have studied the, the, uh, the, uh, the Iman lesson the level one you know that fisk is degrees fisk is degrees and also kufr is degrees and also zulm is degrees yeah there is a fisk 
would she take a person out of Islam completely? Yes? Like what? Like what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran about Iblis. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وإذ قلنا للملائكة اسجدوا لآدم فسجدوا إلا إبليس كان من الجن ففسق عن أمر ربه Now can anybody say oh Iblis is not a kafir, Iblis is a fasiq? No, Iblis is a kafir and he's a fasiq and he's a zalim But this kufr of Iblis is the biggest kufr and this fisk of Iblis is the biggest fisk and this zulm of Iblis is the biggest zulm Yes? So fisk it has three degrees so when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said Sababu al-Muslim fusuq Swearing at a Muslim is a fisq Now it has the meaning of two It could mean that the biggest fisq which takes a person out of Islam completely And it could, be, it could mean it's only a fisq with regard to a sin Which it doesn't take a person out of Islam So how can we judge it? Very simple if, the, if, these, if these people are swearing at the Muslim regardless of his identity just because he's a Muslim then it's a big fisk which takes them out of Islam like when, when somebody said oh you stupid Muslim you he doesn't know his name he doesn't know where he comes from he is swearing at him as a Muslim you understand the point? if he's swearing at him as a Muslim he's swearing at Islam he is swearing at Allah Like what well, this, uh, this tyrant, this stupid tyrant, the, 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 the soldiers of the tyrants Well, you stupid, what are you saying? You living your beard like this and you, you know, for a woman, you making a woman like wearing a tent This is kuf He is not swearing at him as Muhammad or Ali or Ja'far or Mustafa or, or Abu Hamza He is swearing at, at him because of his Islam So this is the biggest first This is the first which takes him out of Islam Yeah? But if he swear at him as a person, as a Muslim, uh, as, as a person, it happens that he's a Muslim. He, he's not quarreling with Islam. If you say, why you take my money, you stupid this and that, he swear at him. Yeah? Or he's quarreling with him as two Buddhists with each other. Islam is out of the, uh, Islam is out of the equation. It is only, uh, 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 it is only uh, earthly matters. Then this is a sin. Yeah? And we say, is it understood? Swearing at a person only because he's a Muslim regardless of his identity is the biggest risk like Iblis which takes a person out of Islam which is what we are witnessing now in our countries and if, uh, if, if, we, if you see somebody swearing at Muslims because of their Islam it is exactly like making a mockery against the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the other part of the, of the hadith where Rasulullah says وَقِتَالُهُ كُفْرِ and fighting a Muslim is kufr now we have to understand it has the two meanings one meaning that it is a kufr which takes a person out of Islam and the other thing it's a lesser kufr because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have described it in the Quran that two Muslims can fight together but they are still Muslims they are not kafir that means that not every two Muslims fighting are kafir some will be kafir some will be not and how we judge it? Again, the same idea. If the two Muslims or two group of Muslims are fighting because of earthly matters, because of uh, women, because of money, because of power, because of anything, so this is not the biggest kufr. It is something which is Islam is, is, is away of the equation, out of the equation. 
You understand? But if the if somebody is fighting Muslims because they are Muslims, then he's a kafir. And this is very clear and is much in the Sharia. Fighting a Muslim because he's a Muslim, it's kufr. Fighting a Muslim because you want something from his hand, you want his money, you want his wife, you want his belonging, you want to humiliate him, you have, uh, you want to kill some of his uh, his people, you want his land. So this is what? This is a lesser kufr. This is وَإِنْ طَائِفَتَانِ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ اقْتَتَلُوا If there is two groups of believers fighting with each other, then فَأَصْلِحُوا بَيْنَهُمْ See, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called them believers. Yeah? Why? Because they were not fighting, they were not fighting because of, uh, of what? They were not fighting uh, each other because one want to fight Islam by fighting this group. No, they were fighting because of earthly matters, because the shaitan put enmity amongst them. And that will explain to you automatically. Then this is the two extreme cases. People fighting for dunya or people fighting uh, uh, because they are fighting, uh, uh, fighting Islam. That explains automatically itself. When there is two groups, one is killing Muslims because they don't want Muslims to rule. They don't want Islam to rule. Yeah? And the, and the other group who want Islam to rule, they are killing the other people because they don't want Kufr to rule. So obviously that will come to focus the ayah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those who believe will fight in the cause of Allah. Those who do not believe will fight in the cause of shaitan. الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا يُقَاتِلُونَ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ وَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا يُقَاتِلُونَ فِي سَبِيلِ الطَّاغُونَ You understand? So fighting a Muslim for Islam not to prevail is kufr. Swearing at a Muslim because of his, his out outlook which is purely Islamic, it's kufr. It is more than making a mockery. It is making a mockery and oppressing somebody else. Now if you add to that punishment as well for a Muslim, this is kufr above kufr. So this is to understand, this is one of the cornerstones of, 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 of uh, one of the cornerstones, one of the fundamentals of, of Iman, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have said it will spoil your action the whole of your iman, regardless how many hasanat you have done before, regardless how many, uh, uh, how big problems you have done before. And because of this, you will find the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi is matching our time. Now, we believe that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi before he passed away, he explained every little and big in our, in our religion. Ibn Abbas Yaqul radiallahu anhu, when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi died, he never passed away without his telling us even about any flying bird. Rasulullah he told us about anything which is, has some, uh, give us some guidance. He told us about everything. He told us about knowledge, how to go to the toilet. What do we deal with flying birds above us? What do we do in this? What do we do? So Rasulullah he explained everything with regard to Iman matters, with regard to anything to do with the religion. So because of, because of this, as I say, because of this uh, uh, hadith are explaining each other and because of you now see some people are doing part of Iman and part of Kuf this is why hadith of Rasulullah that it will, it will come the time and this is a correct hadith it will come the time when a Muslim he will uh, be a kafir in the morning and a believer at night and a believer in the morning and a kafir at night and he will be, be like this يصبح المؤمن كافرا ويمسي مسلما وهكذا ويمسي مؤمنا 
from the hadith of Rasulullah because people will look after a portion of Islam and then they will do something to contradict Islam some other time or at another occasion. So you see, it all clicks together. It all, the penny drops. You can see now. You should not be uh, uh, a You cannot say, I don't know, Muslims are fighting each other. No. Muslims who want Islam to prevail, succeed, dominate, are fighting Muslims who want kufr to prevail, succeed, and dominate. So they are not Muslims fighting each other. They are a group of Iman fighting a group of kufr which has some Muslims amongst it. But the group, as in everything, the majority will also, the, the stronger, the stronger will, uh, will prevail. So if the people are making the kufr stronger, then they are supporting kufr. Then they are fighting Muslims regardless of their names or families. They're fighting them because of Islam. So this is something to contradict their iman. Yeah? And also learning the cornerstone of, of, uh, of, uh, of iman or the fundamentals of iman because Allah threatened us in the Quran in many occasions. Ya ayyuhal ladina amanu man yartadda minkum an dinihi fasawfa yati allahu biqawmin yuhibbuhum wa yuhibbuna Oh, you believer, as Allah said in the Surah Al-Ma'idah, I think it's verse 52 or 54. Oh, you believer, oh, you believers, any of you who turn back, become an apostate, reverted of Islam, then Allah will bring up people whom He loves and they love Him. In short, this ayah is telling you, believers, that not because you're a believer, you can never turn back. You can be upstate for any reason. So for us to, 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 to stay on the path of Allah without being deviated, without being uh, 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 shifted from the path of Allah, we have to understand what is the cornerstones of Iman, what is the fundamentals of Iman, and how can people contradict that. Yes? Because... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have shown us the, the, the right way and the right path with regard, uh, uh, with regard to that. And uh, so if we go, uh, inshallah, along, uh, uh, along that path, we can uh, try to understand how important is the fundamentals of Iman with regard to this matter. Now, uh, I hope that it is understood now that that the, the degree of fisk, degree of kufr, and degrees of, uh, degrees of zulm as well. Also zulm, it, it is a degree, like zulm duna zulm, zulm which is lower than zulm, and the uh, biggest zulm which takes a person out of Islam, biggest zulm which is uh, uh, like, uh, like shirk, yeah? So this also we have to understand that zulm is degrees, as fisk are degrees, as Kuf are degrees, yeah. Even lying are degrees. Everything in Islam is degrees. Nothing is uh, absolutely uh, have one term. Even lying could take a person out of Islam. If you lie about your aqidah, then you're a hypocrite. Takes a person out of Islam. And there is a lower degree than that. That if you lie, which you cause a big sin, like you lie about a woman that she's adulterian. This is a big sin. This is one of the of the big sins, yeah. But it doesn't take you out of Islam. And you could lie for some small things, which makes you, uh, you know, a little hypocrite. Also nifaq. Nifaq is degrees. The biggest nifaq 
the biggest hypocrisy which a person who pretending that he's a Muslim and he's not. And the smallest hypocrisy, like when a person makes uh, promises and he doesn't fulfill, and when he uh, when he speaks he lies. Yeah. So uh, hypocrisy are degrees, kuf are degrees, zulm are degrees, fisk are degrees, lying are degrees. Everything is degrees. Even ruling uh, by other than Allah's law are degrees. Some of it is a big kuf, some of it is a small kuf, some of it is. Uh, is the, is the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala divided into two big kufr and small kufr yeah that's that leaving the, the, the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala permanently uh, leaving the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala permanently without ruling by, other, by Allah's law this is the biggest kufr takes a person out of Islam but if a judge take a bribe uh, or, or something for at one occasion he will just you know uh, give his own judgment just for one person because, or because of uh, a relative or because of something then it's a big sin bigger than zina bigger than riba but still doesn't take the person out of Islam yeah so these kind of things are all degrees and this is where the points of understanding the, the mainstream of the sharia and understanding about iman it will give you directly without even need to go to fiqh it will give you directly is that imanic action or unimanic action? Is that kufr or is it a sin? Yes. So this is the uh, the the uh, one of the uh, uh, introduction to us before we start learning about the cornerstones or the fundamentals of iman. Now we go to the fundamentals of Islam of of iman. So what are the cornerstones of iman? What are the fundamentals of Iman? As you know, Iman, it's a term about Iman and Kufr, about the difference between the fire hell and paradise. And these things, we cannot give it our own definition. When it is explained well in the Quran and in the Sunnah. And we said in the introduction that Iman have been uh, translated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or have been uh, given so many meanings uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as we said uh, did describe uh, uh, people who are doing such action such action are believers in another ayah he is different the actions uh, uh, he said another actions and he said those are the, belie- the true believers Rasulullah he when he is asked about Iman he gave different definitions but they all go within the 70 branches of Iman which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, uh, ascribed for us on the tongue of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa but there is the, uh, the, 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 main, the main definition or the main source of definition for the uh, fundamentals of Iman narrated by the hadith Sahih in Sahih Muslim uh, which is the hadith of Jibreel and we shall continue inshallah after we explain the hadith of Jibreel talking about each term of the Iman the hadith saying is about uh, uh, Umar ibn al-Khattab and the authority of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu that he said that we've been sitting with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam at one day and uh, uh, suddenly a man came whose clothes were exceedingly white and his hair were exceedingly black and it doesn't look that none of us knew him none of us knew him and he doesn't look that he's been traveling you know that? so he said the man it, it means it, when, when none of them knew him 
and the man is not traveling that means he's been what he, he, there is a lot of question mark about that who is he then he said he came <coughs> as he said his hair was exceedingly black no signs of journeying uh, or traveling were to be seen on him and none of us knew him then he started talking and said then he asked Rasulullah he sat next to Rasulullah then he asked Rasulullah about Islam then Rasulullah he, he told him that Islam is to say the shahada of la ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah and to, to perform the prayer and to pray the zakat and to, uh, to do the fast in the month of Ramadan and to do the hajj uh, uh, for whoever can uh, perform this prayer then he said he said to him, uh, 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 then, then he said to him, Sadaq. Then we've been, he said to them, yes, this is true, you've been truthful in that, or you've been, you, you're correct. He said to him, you are correct. So the Umar al-Khattab said, we've been surprised to ask him, and then he said, he's correct. Yeah? You remember this hadith? Anybody have read it? Yeah. So the Sahaba were surprised about the, 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 the look of that man. And they were also surprised about the way he's acting with Rasulullah Sallallahu Directly he came to Rasulullah Sallallahu welcomed by Rasulullah Sallallahu and he sat in the front of Rasulullah Sallallahu He's asking him loudly, and he's asking about Islam. And after Rasulullah Sallallahu answered, he said, uh, 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 "Correct." So the surprise was he asking Rasulullah Sallallahu and he's saying it's correct. Then he asked him about iman. Then he said, "It is to believe in Allah, His angels." Rasulullah he answered him back. It is to believe in Allah, his angels, his books, his messengers, and the last day, Yawm Al-Qiyamah, and the hereafter, Yawm Al-Akhir, and to believe in the divine destiny, both good and bad. He said, you have spoken rightly. Again. Like he said, you're speaking correctly, you're spoken rightly. So the angel Jibreel have told him you have spoken rightly. Then he asked him about other uh, things. What is what is Ihsan? Then he uh, then he said, then tell me about Ihsan. Then Rasulullah replied, it is to worship Allah as though you are seeing Him, and if not, yet truly He sees you. He said. Then tell me about the hour, and the hadith goes on. It's Solomon tells me about the last hour. For our purpose, we will try to understand and to explain the terms about iman, which he defined here. He said, when he said, "Tell me about iman," then Rasulullah said, "It is to believe in Allah, His angels, His books, His messengers, and the last day." and to believe in the divine destiny, both good and bad. Those are the six terms which we we'll need to understand uh, in our topic to understand about Iman in full. And inshallah, we shall uh, start explaining about it is to believe in Allah. How, how do we believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Right? So these are the cornerstones of Iman. The cornerstones of Iman. So if somebody asks you what are the cornerstones of Iman, what are the fundamentals of Iman, then you ask him. You, you answer, it is to believe in Allah, to 
believe in Allah and his angels, his books, his messengers, the last day, and to believe in the divine destiny, both the good and the bad. Those are the six uh, pillars of Iman, or the six fundamentals of Iman, or the six cornerstones of Iman. So for somebody to say, I believe in Allah, but I don't believe in his angels, he's a liar. He's a liar in his belief. Because how do you know about Allah if there is no angel? You don't have a direct line with Allah, do you? If you say, I believe in Allah and his angels, but I don't believe in his books, then you don't sit in the coffee shop with the angels to talk about Allah. How did you know about the Allah when you can't see the angels? The angels are a mean for the book. Yeah? And the book is the only way you can be educated by. If I say, I believe in Allah and his angels and his books, but I don't believe in the messengers. So how did the books have been revealed to you? It's all links. You break the chain, you break your iman. This is what we mean, it's a cornerstone, it's a fundamental. Because it's a part of iman, and without it, there's no iman. Right? You don't say, I believe in Allah and his books and his messengers, and I don't believe in the last day. So why should Allah give you, create us, and why should we have orders to do and not to do if there's no last day? Why don't we enjoy ourselves and jump on each other and that's it? There's no point. It's all linked. So we don't look at these pillars of Iman as if they are individual. Somebody has got a very good belief in Allah, but his, his belief in angels is very weak. That means his whole Iman is very weak. Understand the point? I believe in Allah and his books and his angels and the messengers and the last day, but I don't believe in the divine uh, destiny. I believe that we are in control of everything. Or somebody said, no, we are not in control of everything. Allah controls everything. They're both liars. We believe that the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have given us some power which that power uh, it has the, uh, the, the, the implication that this power which has been given to us, this freedom it, it, is, uh, it coincides with the, uh, uh, with the punishment or the, uh, the praise from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the day of judgment and we cannot, we are not in control of everything it's not what we want, it's true what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants. But Allah gave us some freedom so He can judge us. Allah gave us some freedom to intend. You have freedom of your intention. We will explain that in detail. You can intend anything you want and you get reward for your intention. And sometimes you get punished for your intention. Yes? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He gave you freedom for initiative. So you have freedom for intention, freedom for initiative. But you don't have freedom for the result. This is why you are not judged by the result. You are judged by your intention and you are judged by your initiative. You understand the point? So if somebody said, we are in control of everything, say you are a liar. You can be a very good believer, good intention, you take every initiative, but Allah does not write that you're going to have victory here. And because you don't know the result, and because you can't subdue the result, Allah will, does, or Allah will not punish you about the result. But Allah will give you reward or punishment according to your intention. Allah will give you reward or punishment according to your, according to your effort. And then uh, uh, the, uh, the result is out of your hand. So this is, elevates the justice of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, and uh, understanding the divine, the, the divine destiny, it should be within the boundary of that verse. In Allah la yallimu mithqala dharrah. وَإِن تَكُوا حَسَنَةً يُضَاعِفْهَا وَيُؤْتِي مِنَ دُنْهُ أَجَرًا عَظِيمًا That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not undo even the weight of an atom. And if it is 
and if it is a good deed, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, uh, proliferated to make it many, many good deeds. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives from, his, from him a lot of bounties, a lot of reward for those who, uh, who believe in him and do good action. So is it uh, now clear the definitions of the fundamentals of, of Iman? Or at least we are singling them out. So to know about them, we have to learn uh, one by one. So uh, basically, how do we learn about Iman in general? How do we learn about Iman in general? This question must become uh, uh, important. So in general, about anything about Islam, we learn through the correct verses, i.e. the correct verses. To learn about Iman, to learn any matter about Islam or Iman, because now we're going, about, we're, going to, we're going to learn about Allah and His Messenger and this. So we have to know what is the guideline for us. Where do we learn? Do we read the Sufis books? Do we read the Shia books? Do we read the... So we have to make a syllabus for us. Or we have to make a guideline for us before we start learning about these terms of that hadith. What will be authoritative uh, uh, for us? What will be uh, compulsory for us to learn and what things we cannot give uh, a value or weight for. So we learn anything about Islam should be learned by number one, the correct verses, correct revelations, correct verses, correct revelation. And this we can take from the Quran and the Hadith, i.e. the Sunnah, Hadith, it means, it means the says of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, 